are awesome you in that? this place, Almighty oh, God. Hallelujah. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of all praise. To you our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place. Mighty God. Amen. How many believes that this morning? Amen. He is the mighty God. Amen. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. The beautiful thing about it this morning is everything that His Word said He is, He still is. There's not one thing that's changed. Amen. He's a Savior. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a redeemer. Amen. He's our help. He's our peace. He's our everything. Amen. I'm thankful to be identified with him this morning. Amen. It sure is a beautiful day today to serve the Lord, isn't it? Amen. I know this may be a little different setting, but it's still the church of the living God. Amen. Because it's not a building, it's the people. Amen. And we want to say God bless you all this morning. We greet you in the name of the Lord. We bring greetings from our church and our pastor there at home, Brother Sean Martin, the saints at Faith Tabernacle. We bring greetings from them. and. It's always an honor to to be here and to be able to speak to you from the message of the hour. And thank you, Brother Donnie, for the invitation and confidence to stand here. And amen. It's just good to see everyone out this morning. Let's just bow our hearts together for a word of prayer. And maybe you have a need upon your heart, something that you uh, would desire the Lord to do for you. Maybe just an uplifted hand. Say, Lord, remember me. Amen. He's mindful this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we gather here today, we are very well aware that we're not here by ourselves, Lord. But Lord, we are here with a host of angels. We're here with an unseen force that's in this building today. Father, as we stand here this morning, we're not gathering for tradition. We're not gathering for ritual, Lord. Father, we're not here today, Lord, to fulfill a religious duty. But Lord, we're here because this is a love experience. This is a Lord, it's a deep calling to the deep. It's more than religion, Father. It's a relationship. Lord, it's a relationship between you and the new creation. Lord, it's gone beyond just, Lord, memorizing scriptures and quotes and, Father, getting a religious education. But, Lord, we can't live without you, Father. We can't breathe. We can't move without you, oh God. Lord, as we stand here this morning, I admit that I am helpless before this people. But, oh God, if your anointing would come in this building today, Lord, may you take control of every thought, Lord. May you take control of every spirit, oh God, that's unlike the Holy Spirit. Lord, may you drive it out of this building today, Father, for, Lord, every hand that was raised here. Lord, behind that hand, there is a need, Father, whether it would be spiritual, Lord, physical, material, Lord, a financial need, whatever the need would be this morning. I am a firm believer that there's not one need too great. There's not one situation too big, but what you can move upon the face of the conditions. And, oh God, God, your spirit can change those conditions. So, Father, I invite you this morning. Father, may you be the speaker here today. May you move me aside, Lord. Speak through me, Father. Lord, may I be sensitive to your your spirit, Lord, to say that which would only be pleasing and edifying, Lord, unto you and to your children. Now, Lord, we commit this meeting into thy faithful hands. Have thy way among us today, Lord. We ask you to be, Lord, with those traveling, Lord, from the youth camp. And, Lord, I pray you would keep your hand of protection upon them. Lord, return them home safely, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask these things. And all the believers says, Amen. Amen. 
And amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, we want to turn uh, to the book of Philippians, the second chapter. Uh, the book of Philippians, the second chapter. We want to uh, say it's a real honor to be here this morning with my wife and our, our little baby Malachi. I think he's already made a visit to Happy Valley before I made it here. So it's a it's an honor to have him here with us and uh, our family here today. We say God bless them this morning. And uh, we was just actually in the youth camp there uh, yesterday. A few days we was down with brother went down with brother Josh Bennett on Wednesday. And I tell you, brother Josh preached last night like a man from another planet. I don't know if any of y'all. Heard that or not, but I tell you, I never was so proud to be identified with this message, amen, to hear a man stand there and to see young people on fire with this message, it's a, it's a real blessing, amen, and I tell you, there's a wonderful group there represented from the church, and I believe the Lord's done wonderful things for him. In the book of Philippians, the second chapter, we want to look here in the 15th verse, uh, just a few things here on my heart I want to share with you today. The Bible says that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Notice what Paul says, among whom, so you're not removed from the crooked and perverse nation, but you're right in the middle of it, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in that day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, Neither labored in vain. Now, if we could also turn back to the book of Matthew, the fifth chapter. Matthew, the fifth chapter. I've just been studying in these areas, and I come across Philippians 2, and it connects to Matthew 5 and verse 14, which I know we know these verses by heart. But in Matthew 5 and verse 14, Jesus here speaking says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And notice this, it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Now notice they'll see your good works, but they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. They will see your good works, but they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. We ask the Lord this morning to bless the reading of his word as you can be seated here today. I want to, uh, by the help of the Lord, uh, to speak to you for a few moments here on, thank you, uh, on a thought here of the radiant bride of Jesus Christ. The radiant bride of Jesus Christ. I, uh, I'm not much on reading different translations, but I actually come across uh, Philippians, the second chapter, the 15th verse in the Amplified uh, Bible translation. And I just want to read that to you. It says, so that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated. Children of God without blemish in the midst of a morally crooked and a spiritually perverted generation. A morally crooked and spiritually perverted generation among whom ye are seen as bright lights, beacons shining out clearly in the world of darkness. Amen. Holding out and offering to everyone the word of life. I, I think that's a powerful thing that Paul would write to the church and would tell them that you're going to be in an age where morals are going to be at an all-time low. Ever The very morals of humanity are going to be gone. They, amen. Uh, people are not even going to be cordial to one another anymore. They're not going to be friendly. It's going to be an age where just basic, clean-living morals 
morals are going to be at an all-time low. But at the same time, the spirit of perversion is going to be at an all-time high. So morals are going to be at an all-time low. And perversion is going to be at an all-time high. But right in the middle of that, there's going to be a bride. Right in the middle of a wicked age, right in the middle of a perverted age, there's going to be a bride who is going to be shining. Amen. She's going to be reflecting Jesus Christ. Now, in the message, By Faith Moses, Brother Bram said in a prayer, he said, we would ask that you would send the Holy Spirit to take a hold of the word at this time as we yield ourselves as instruments. How many can say, Lord, I want to be an instrument? As we yield ourselves as instruments that you would speak through us and hear through us thy word. He said, may we in return receive it as from thee and leave this place today feeling that we have been readjusted to the cause of Christ, that we might be better fit for the service of tonight and tomorrow because of the visitation of the Holy Spirit. He said, bless our brethren everywhere, the churches across the world, who's holding forth the word of life in this evil day. So it's a it's a more crooked it's a spiritually perverted and it's also a evil day but he says we feel that there's not much time left to work for the night is swiftly coming the war clouds are floating again evil is at hand and we pray that you'll let us work as never before rest our tired bodies lord and send us back into the battle for we ask it in the name of the lord jesus and we pray this in his name so the prophet of god was praying that the church of the living god amen would be adjusted to the cause of christ Now, amen, I'll say it like this. We are here and we are holding forth the word of life. I I think that's the the name of the church now, holding forth, amen, the word of life. Now, you realize, amen, that that's not a man's word, amen, but that's God's word. Amen, the Bible says in St. John 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, which we know, amen, that that was invisible. But then in John 1, 14, it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. So the word went from being invisible amen to coming into, into view. Amen. But let me ask you how did the word become visible amen was when the word got into flesh. Now amen I'll say it like this. Jesus amen was not a dead letter. Amen. But Jesus was the word amen. He was the living word. The prophet of God said when the word has been spoken for this certain generation amen then there's somebody going to rise on the scene and they're going to fulfill that word because God has spoke it. Amen. If God has spoke his word, amen, God will fulfill his word. Amen. God will manifest his word and there's not enough devils in hell amen to stop God from fulfilling his word. If God said he would save you, he is a God that will fulfill that promise. If he said he will deliver you, he is a God that will fulfill that promise. When God speaks a word, amen, God has the ability to fulfill that word. It's a of the spoken word. Amen. And Jesus met every qualification and was the word vindicated as Messiah. He said there is also words that are spoken in the Bible. Amen. For the last days. Now listen. Amen. The Bible was written. The Bible was spoken by Almighty God. Right? And in that Bible was words that were speaking of the coming of a Messiah. Amen. Those words were laying there waiting for flesh. Amen. To manifest those words. And when Jesus came along according to Luke the fourth chapter he found the place that was written amen concerning himself and he said this day this scripture is fulfilled in other words this day what has been written has now become flesh in your very presence amen and the same Bible that spoke of the Messiah 
amen, is the same Bible, amen, that speaks of Messiah Ed's in the last days. Listen, amen, y'all know me, I'm just going to preach this morning. We are not a bunch of church members. We are not a bunch of helpless, hopeless people, amen, following some idea. Amen, we are not here by ourselves. We are not here by the hands and the will of man. Amen, but the same word that said there would be a Messiah is the same word that said there would be a bride. Listen, I am not looking for the bride this morning. I am looking at the bride. I am not looking for the fulfillment of the word. I am looking at the fulfillment of the word this morning. Listen, what has been written has now come to flesh. It is now in manifestation. Somebody's going to bring this word to life. Somebody's going to manifest. Amen. The words that have been spoken concerning this day. I love what the prophet says. If people could only realize their authority in him, how great it would be if they could only believe it and have faith. He said, may they tonight take a hold of that faith. They've been taught it. They've been preached it. It's been preached to them. And they've read it out of the Bible. They have others who have appropriated it. But oh, great Jehovah, the mighty one who was made flesh and dwelt among us, he says, now you're made flesh in our flesh by the Holy Spirit here tonight. Amen. Quickening the word and quickening the promises that you have spoken. Think about that. Amen. The same God that was made flesh in a body called Jesus is the same God that is made flesh in a many-membered body called the bride of Jesus. Listen, friends. This is not one God and then another God and a lesser God. Amen. From Genesis to Revelation, it's the same God. Amen. From 47 to 65, it's the same God. In Psalms and Proverbs and the Patriarchs, it's the same God. And right here in the Holiday Inn this morning, amen, the same God that walked the shores of Galilee, the same God that healed blind Bartimaeus, the same God that raised the widow of Nain's son, that same God has come down in this building this morning. He's not here in a corporal body, but he is here in a literal spoken word seed body. You are the hands of Almighty God. You are the feet of Almighty God. Listen, you wonder why the devil's fighting you. It ain't because of what family you came out of. It ain't because of what church you go to. It's because the word has been made flesh. Amen. In your flesh, in this generation. And the devil couldn't stop it in Jesus. And the devil can't stop it in Miss Jesus. The devil couldn't stop it in David. He couldn't stop it in Shamgar. He couldn't stop it in Moses. And he will not stop it in the bride of Jesus Christ. I say what a prophet said concerning the rapture. It has been written. It has been spoken. Now let it come to pass. What are you saying? I'm saying that the message of the hour is more than a bunch of books and tapes. The message of the hour is more than camp meetings. It's more than conventions. It's more than gathering together a few times a week. The message of the hour is a spiritual union between the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. I'll say what the prophet said. He said the spiritual union of Christ and his church now. I love this. When the flesh is becoming word and the word is becoming flesh. It's a spiritual union when the flesh is becoming word and the word is becoming flesh. Manifested and vindicated. Just what the Bible said would happen in this day, it's happening day by day. It's culminating so fast out there in those deserts in 
and things taking place that I couldn't even keep up with it. We are near the coming of Jesus to be united with his church. Amen. Where the word becomes the word. Maybe you don't know who you are, but I've been listening to a prophet and a prophet tells me very clearly who you are. You are a word born bride. You are not an emotional bride. You are not a sensational bride. You are not a bride that moves by feelings. Amen. You are a bride that has been birthed from the genes of almighty God. Come on friends. Amen. I'll tell you why you're still standing. Amen. Because the word of God will defeat the devil anywhere, anytime, any place, under any condition. And you have become the word by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the devil couldn't defeat you if he had to because there's a greater one in you. Come on church. Some of y'all been through cancer and you're sitting here this morning. You've been through heart attacks and you're sitting here this morning. You've been through deaths and wars and all kinds of church problems but you're sitting here this morning I'll tell you why you're sitting here because the word is becoming flesh and the flesh is becoming word and there ain't enough devils in hell to defeat God's plan to defeat God's word if he said he'll have a bride brother Joel he'll bankrupt heaven before he lets one promise fail his believing children What a glorious thing it is this morning that after 1,900 years, almost 2,000 years, amen, we know that he lives. We meet him on every road, at every turn, every place we go, we see Jesus. We see his living presence, amen, flowing like a radiant light. Amen, I'm going to preach to you this morning on the radiant bride of Jesus Christ. We see his presence, amen, flowing, amen, like a radiant light from his glorious church of the living God. His presence is flowing out of his church. My, his presence is flowing out of his church, but it's not flowing like a little trickle out of a water fountain. It's not flowing out of some little something in the corner. Amen, but this is a gusher. Amen, these are not ankle deep waters. These are not knee deep waters. Amen, these are not, well, kind of feel like preaching. These are not waist deep waters. These are swimming waters, church. Come on, friends. You ain't got to take a back seat any longer. You're not a bunch of helpless, hopeless people. You are the bride of Jesus Christ. If any Anybody's got a right to believe God. You got a right to believe God. If anybody's got a right to worship God, you got a right to worship God. If anybody's got a right to stand in the face of impossibility and say all things are possible to them that believe, it's the bride of Jesus Christ. You're not just a bunch of humans. You're not just a bunch of young people and a bunch of adults. You are the bride of Jesus Christ. You are a radiant bride. You are a powerful bride. You are a word-born bride. And there's something flowing from you. My, then what is it? It is the light of his presence. The radiant light is the light of his presence. I love what the prophet says. He said, my poor decrepit friend, that when a man who has never noticed power to give new light, to give new hope, when he walks into that presence, when he walks into that presence, he said, there is a divine person of Christ with a faith that holds him spellbound to his majesty. It isn't like walking to the altar, giving the ministry your right hand. Neither is it like going to the pool to be baptized or standing with a shell to be sprinkled. It is walking into a light that you have never witnessed before. It is an anchor of divine faith that calls anything contrary to the word of God as though it wasn't. 
It puts new life. It gives hope to the dying. It gives courage to the weak. It gives healing to the sick. It gives blessings to the unfavored. How wonderful it is to step into the light of his presence. Amen. You are not stepping into the presence of a preacher. I'm on church. Why, why would people step on the prayer lines and the platform in the prayer lines and almost come unglued? Why would they step up there and begin the, their, their whole being would begin to change? It wasn't William Branham. It wasn't a preacher. They were stepping into the return of the personal presence of Jesus Christ in the age that they was living in. Come on, that's why he can stand there and say the God I'm talking about is not three feet from where I'm standing. The God I'm talking about is the same one that stood at Abraham and Sarah's tent door and turned his back and discerned the thoughts that was in Sarah's heart and said you can't hide it Sarah and that same mighty God has made a return visitation into this generation. Come on friends we are not here confused. We have direction. We are not here looking for a message. We are the message. We are not here looking for revelation. Revelation has taken possession of humanity in the age we're living in. It's more than a man. It's not a myth. Neither is it something that somebody has fleshly, amen, in their minds drawn up. It is coming directly into the presence of the King of glory. It's the eternal light of the living God. Oh, God. When you step into this presence, I'm on friends, that's why some of y'all come to church on Wednesday night and feel like giving up. But by the time you get done, you say, where is that devil that told me I wasn't going to make it? Come on, that's why you can come to church. Amen, sick in your body and not even feel like being here. But brother, downtime service is over. You're testifying God's a healer. Where's that coming from? It's coming from the light of the presence of the return of Jesus Christ. Come on, friends. I don't believe that God brought us this far to leave us. I don't believe God brought us this far to let us get out here and lose identity, lose who we are. We are the radiant bride of Jesus Christ. We are living by the light of his presence. Brother Keith, I got to looking at that word radiant. It's a powerful word. It means sending out light. It means glowing brightly. It is of a person or their expression. It is of a person or their expression which is clearly emanating amen, great joy, love or health of an emotion or quality, amen, emanating powerfully from someone or something. I sit in my office studying this the other day and I got to thinking, and people knew what they was talking about when they started teaching us that song if you're happy and you know it's in your face will surely show it. Are you hearing me? Amen. They weren't just teaching you a little rhyme. Amen. They were teaching you if you're really happy, we ain't going to wonder if you're happy. If Come on now. Well, we might as well preach. Amen. If you really got joy, we ain't going to have to wonder if you got joy. Listen, I know you're going through troubles. I know you're going through situations. Amen. But there is something on the inside of you. Amen. That is greater than what's around you. There is something in the depths of your soul that has got power and it's got authority. It's got joy. It's got peace. It's got love. It's got hell. Come on, church we may be in a hard way but we got a right today to put a smile on our face and let the devil know we may be broken but we're not defeated we may be down but we're not out we may be sick but God is a healer because there's something on the inside of us amen that's greater than the things we're going through what is it it is an expression it is a radiant brother Abraham said heavenly father we thank thee tonight amen from the depths of our heart that there is a fountain open tonight it's a healing fountain that is coming Coming from God out of heaven with his radiant powers flowing through. It's enough to take a cancer-ridden person to good health. 
Well, we could preach there a while, couldn't we, Brother Bert? It's enough to take a cancer-ridden person to get health. It's enough to make the blind see. It's enough to make the dumb speak. What are you saying? I'm saying whatever has flowing out of the fountain in heaven that is flowing into this body this morning, it's got enough power to take a stage four cancer person and raise them up to good health. Whatever is flowing out of that fountain this morning has got enough power to open the eyes of the blind. It's, can I preach the aisles here? It's got enough power, amen, to take deaf ears and unstop them. Come on, church. What brought Congressman Upshaw out of that wheelchair? It wasn't William Branham. It was that there was a fountain that had been opened in the house of David and there was a gusher of power that was flowing out of that fountain and it had enough power, Brother Joel, to take a man in a wheelchair for 66 years and raise him up on his feet. Come on, friends. What brought Georgia Carter out of that bed? She wasn't even in a church when she was healed. She was laying in a sick bed but there was a fountain that had found flesh in a prophet of God and he stood there and said Georgia get up off of that bed you've not been anointed to lay there and die you've been anointed to live what are you saying? I'm saying that this fountain is not in a building. It's not in a carpet. It's not in a pew. The fountain has found an instrument. It has found a channel. It has found a body of flesh that it can manifest its radiant powers through. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, listen tonight. Well, that's it. You might as well praise him. You might as well praise him. Listen, he's not in a tomb in Jerusalem. He's right here this morning. He's not in a tomb in Jeffersonville. He's right here this morning. My God is not dead. My God is alive and he's well. And he's still got that radiant power to put health in your body. You don't have to live sick. You don't have to live depressed. I don't care what's been passed down through your family genealogy. You're of a different seed. You're of a different race. You're of a super race. You're of a new race. You're of a new creation. Hallelujah. You're not just humans. You're word-born bride. You're radiating something. There's a radiant power that is flowing out of you. I love this one. He said, may they see the Holy Spirit from the Tower of Glory tonight broadcasting broadcasting by the radiant power of the resurrection to every believer's heart. Do you realize what you are? You are a station that is picking up signals from another dimension in the middle of a crooked and a spiritually perverse generation. Listen, Hollywood has got flesh. Come on. You say, well, I don't believe that. We'll just go out on the street. Amen. Hollywood has found flesh. Come on. Amen. Denomination has found flesh. Amen. Everything. Amen. That, oh, God. I wish I was a preacher right now. Everything has found flesh to manifest itself through. The LGBTQP, whatever they are, has found flesh to manifest themselves through. Come on, church. Amen. Don't tell me the devil can find a body of flesh to manifest 200,000 thousand demons from. And Jesus Christ can't find a body of flesh to manifest the promise of his word. I believe right here this morning there is a word born bride who is emanating the revelation of Jesus Christ in the middle of a crooked generation in the middle of a spirit sleeper come on I don't believe the devil's got all of our young people I believe there's some young people right here that's got morals that would outdo anybody I believe there's some young men right here that's got testimonies that the devil causes the devil to shake that's what I believe I believe we're following a powerful message 
I believe we're following a message that's got power to claim something. Brother God said, see, we become living creatures of God, a dwelling place where the Holy Spirit can send his radiant blessings down through there and we're in the stature of Christ. In other words, I love what the prophet said. And things are to be. He said expressing God's life. There to be a son of God. I love this. To be a son of God, you had to be in God always. Do we agree on that? I love that point. To be a son of God, you had to be in God always. See, the gene of your life, your spiritual life tonight, was in God the Father before there was even a molecule. And you are nothing but the manifestation of the gene of life that was in God as a son of God. Notice this. Amen. You was a, you are a manifestation of a gene of God that was in God. Listen, but it was not expressed as, listen, as long as you're in gene form, you are no threat to the devil. As long as you're in gene form, you can do no, you can do no damage to Satan's kingdom. But the prophet of God turned the corner and said, you went from being a gene of God as a son of God. He said, and now you are expressed. Now you are expressed after his word has come in you to light up this age. Oh God, that's not my words. That's the words of Brother Branham. The word has come into you to light up this age. You are expressing God's life in you because you are a son or a daughter of God. Do you see what I mean? You are now made. You're sitting in this church tonight because your duty is to express God to this nation and this people and this neighborhood where you associate. Listen, we all know we can march on the steps of Washington and we won't change one thing. We all know we can march the streets of Johnson City and we won't change one thing. We all know we can rally and protest against politics and governments. Amen. And we won't change one thing. You know why? Because America is under a curse. She's under a prophetic curse. Amen. That she will fall into the depths of the sea. Listen, but that does not give you the right. Amen. To just act like a Christian in church and live like a devil outside. Well, we might as well preach. That does not give you the right, amen, to be a church member on Sunday morning and don't nobody know what you believe on Monday. Come on, somebody. Hey, well, we might as well preach we're here, hadn't we? I think if we're going to be the bride, we ought to be the bride all the time. Everywhere we go, every place we be, every action we make ought to be representing Jesus Christ. Well, I think I got after a devil right there, so we might as well run him back to hell. We're not just Christians on Sunday. We're not just Christians when the anointing is for. We are Christians every day of the week. Under whatever circumstances, we are Christians. Well, brother Andy, you better be careful. Careful of what? I'm not careful of the devil. We're Christians. We believe like Christians. We live like Christians. We conduct ourselves. Come on, church. We conduct ourselves like Christians. We talk like Christians. Come on now. We're Christians. We're lights. We're the radiant word bride of Jesus Christ. Your duty is to express God to this nation. Do you realize what you are? Then you are a product of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the prophet of God said it like this. He said, the gospel does not shine. It glows. Then what does radiant mean? It means a glow. (laughs) 
that is emanating from someone or something. Remember, said it is true that the big church shines and glitters with polished theology, while the kingdom, amen, glows with humbleness, poor and the, the poor and the humble. He said, fool's gold shines, but real gold glows. There's a difference between a glow and a shine. We know that the big church glitters and shines with high polished scholars, fine pews, crucifix all over the wall, and the highest and finest of structures and buildings, and great towering things, all like that. Amen. But the little kingdom down in some little alley like here somewhere is glowing with the glory of God, filled with the humble of heart. Amen. God working in them, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils. Amen. So forth like that. Just letting them pass on by. Then in other words, Hollywood, amen, shines, but the gospel glows. Hollywood shines, but the gospel glows. Now don't tell me that Hollywood hasn't influenced this world. Don't tell me that Hollywood hasn't influenced our young people. Now we might as well preach because the devils of Hollywood are not happy that they got 900 denominations. They want some of these message young people. Come on now. And that's why, amen, I think it's time we start preaching the standards of God's word again. And remember, we don't look like the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't go places the world goes. We have been set aside. Amen, we are dedicated to a message and it's the message of the hour. We are not here as a reflection of Hollywood. We are here as a reflection of Jesus Christ. Amen. To shine means to reflect something. Amen. Sharply. Amen. But to glow, it means to emit light, usually softly or weakly from itself. A glow is always caused, amen, by some form of energy. A glow is caused by some form of energy. Do you realize the prophet of God said that his word is in your heart? He said, but he sends his spirit to energize the word that is in your heart. other words the Holy Ghost is the energy to the word that gives it the glow in this wicked perverse and crooked generation come on friends amen that's why you did not become a seed you always was a seed that's why you did not receive the word at the altar you always had a deposit of the word on the inside of you that when the same spirit that raised our Lord from the dead would come across that seed come on church it will quicken you but can I preach to you for a second it's more brother Donnie it's more than just quickening power it's transforming power I believe we need to be quickened but I also believe we need to be changed come on church I believe we need to be quickened but I also believe we need to be transformed we need to be changed now if the power of God can quicken us then I believe brother Michael the power of God can transform us because it's not the presence of a man it's the presence of Jesus Christ it's a glow, it's not a shine the prophet of God said they shine with outward appearance glow on the inside by the Holy Ghost with sweetness and meekness and gentleness and patience and love in other words, you are what Jesus was can I tell you what Jesus was? Jesus was the glow of God Jesus was the glow of God. Amen. Jesus, Brother said in Identify Masterpiece 64, he was not reflecting the organization. He came to reflect the Father, and the Father was the Word. Oh, God said he would be there. And there he was, the perfect masterpiece of God's great handiwork. He was the perfect reflection of him. He reflected everything that God had spoke of. He reflected what Adam said about him. He reflected what the prophets said about 
out, all the patriarchs, everything that he said, he was the fulfillment of the word. All the types was fulfilled in him. Listen, he became Jehovah of the New Testament. He was the Old Testament Jehovah, the word then, which was in the pillar of fire, was made manifest and dwelt among us. Jehovah of the Old Testament became Jesus of the New Testament. He was a perfect reflection of God. Oh, if the church today could just reflect that first church when the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, if the Christian today could reflect, he said, we are a hybrid church to what they were. Now, let me just ask you this. You say, Brother Andrew, you're saying there's a hybrid church. That's exactly what a prophet said. And I'll prove it to you. In the beginning, amen, they got together and they sang the songs of glory until the glory of God come down and filled all the house where they were sitting. But today, amen, they got light shows, they got stage shows. Come on, church. They got robe choirs, unrobed choirs, half-dressed choirs. They got all kinds of stuff up there and they're trying to reflect the gospel. But the prophet of God said, that's not the gospel. That is the seed of discrepancy that has found a body to manifest itself in. Now, come on, church. Amen. In, in the way it used to be in the original, a man of God got behind the pulpit and he wasn't a hireling. He wasn't a sissy. He didn't have a panty waist. He was a preacher. And he got behind the pulpit and he yielded himself to the Holy Ghost and he forgot who was in front of him and he was not afraid to preach the word without fear, without favor, without compromise. He was led by God. He preached by God. He was authority by God. But what do you got today? A bunch of skinny jean wearing preachers sitting on the platform with a table drinking a cup of coffee. Amen. Trying to say their bride. Come on church. I tell you what I think it's time to do. I think it's time for the sons and daughters of God to rise up in the middle of this crooked and perverse generation and let a lost and dying world know that Bible days are here again. Bible days have returned to this generation. Come on, church. We're not a hybrid church. We're a word church. We're not a hybrid production. We are an original reproduction by the spoken word. Well, brother, I don't like that. Well, it's the truth anyhow. We're not a hybrid production. We are a genuine thoroughbred pedigree. I'm going to tell you how I know you're not a hotbed plant. You're here this morning. Didn't nobody give you a position to be here? Well, it's the truth anyhow. Hey, I'll tell you how that devil's infiltrated churches. You got to give them positions for they'll show up. Well, it's Sunday morning and I feel good. Can I preach a minute? Are you hearing me? We are not a bunch of hotbed denominational, amen, plants. We don't have to have a position to praise God. We don't have to have a pup. Come on, church. Oh, God. We're worshipers. We're warriors. We're Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, tongue talking, pillar of fire following, message of the hour preaching, church of the living God. We're not a bunch of positional Christians. Come on now. I might as well preach. Can I preach? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the difference in a hotbed preacher and an original preacher. A hotbed preacher's got to have a microphone for you even though he's in the building. But an original preacher don't have to have a microphone. If the man's preaching the word, he can say amen. Come on now. A hotbed singer has got to have the microphone before they can really praise God. But an original thoroughbred predigree... 
born of the word Gene Seed Singer can sit in their pew and sing the glory down. Come on, church. We are not a bunch of hotbed plants. We don't have to be babied and patted and pushed. Amen. There's a five in us. There's a fire and it's shut up in our bones. There's a drive on the inside of us and it's pulsating. We are the bride and we're the bride anywhere we are. What are you saying? I'm saying we're not here for production. We're not here for showmanship. We're here for the glow of God, the light of his presence. Come on, church. It's the truth anyhow. We're real Christians. We're real Christians. We're not Christians by position. We're Christians by nature. We're servants. Oh, brother, and if I had a position, I'd serve. No, you wouldn't serve if you did have a position. I, mean, how I guess I got here because the prophet God said it like this. Let me, let me just read what he said. We got to be babied and made big shots in the church and padded and called this, that, or the other. Well, them early Christians was rugged. Imagine that. They didn't care who patted them on the back. They reflected Jesus Christ so much that they considered they were ignorant and unlearned. They didn't go to high school. They didn't have a college degree. But them people took heed they had been with Jesus. That's what we need today as Christians to take heed. People that you've been with Jesus. There's something about you that's different. There's something about you that's different. He said, see, that's an unpopular thing to say. But we're not looking for popularity. Christians are not looking for something easy. My Christians are not looking for something easy. Remember the prophet God said, he said that time that they, the preacher had him sign a card that they would all come to church so many days out of the year. He said, see, that's not a real birth. He said, that is, a, that is an artificial birth. Paraphrasing, that is an artificial birth. He said, and it won't hold out when trouble comes. Let me tell you this. If somebody brought you in by fancy singing, somebody can take you out by fancy talking. If somebody puts you in by fancy ideas, somebody can take you out by more fancy theology ideas but if you ever came in this thing by the Holy Ghost and fire amen the smoke won't do it brother Weston you'll choke in the smoke amen because you was born in the fire and we are not a bunch of people that's going to turn oh I feel like preaching we're not a bunch of people that's going to come this close to the future home and say well it's too hard to persevere but is there any rugged Christians here is there any rugged warriors here this morning it says in the words of brother Ron Spencer let's finish this thing let's finish this fight come on church we're not in a picnic we're in a battlefield we're not on a picnic journey we're here fighting devils but every devil that falls is more glory that rises unto God we're not chickens we're eagles I said, we're not chickens, we're eagles. Brother Bram said, chickens look for shiny things. He said, but hungry-hearted eagles look for the word. They got to have that word for where the carcass is. There the eagles will be gathered together. What drew you here this morning? It wasn't a building. Come on, church. It wasn't a preacher. It wasn't a theology. It was the manna. I tell you what a prophet said, knowing ones at the end time. He said, the fresh kill, the meat in due season, the word for the day. That's what's drawn us together. Now the Bible speaks of radiant lives. In Job the 11th chapter, relax, I think that devil's out of here. <laughs> We're Christians. We talk like Christians. We're radiant Christians. Job said, thine age shall be clearer than the noonday. And they said, who are you after? I'm after a spirit. 
You put whatever name you want to to it. I'm after spirit. And it's a devil, and it's a spirit, and it don't belong in the house of God. And that same devil's trying to encroach around this message where we get so padded. we got to have everything just We are, come on. Happy Valley Word Life, which is it now? Come on, church of the living God. We are not a bunch of padded, hotbed plants. We're warriors. That's why the devil hates you. It's because everything is thrown against you. Come on, church. Remember, remember, Phillips, remember when the devil throws something at you and there for a while in, your, in the time of mature, when you're maturing, you would look at it and cry about it and wonder about it and say, oh God, why did you send this this way? And why the devil, but amen, but in your maturity under the anointing, when the devil throws something at you, you don't look at it no more. You pick it up and throw it back at him and say, is that the best you got? And I believe there's some Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized believers of Jesus Christ that's ready this morning amen to pick up what the devil has thrown at them and throw it back to that devil come on church he's thrown depression your way pick it up and throw it back he's thrown cancer some of y'all's way pick it up and throw it back we don't have to take what the devil sends we are not here to reflect cancer we are not here to reflect depression we are not here to reflect suicidal devils we are here to reflect amen the glory of the almighty God Jehovah of the old has returned to the church as Jesus of the new there's a glow over the church there's a reflection over the people the radiance that age shall shine clearer than the noonday thou shalt shine forth thou shalt be as the morning I love what David says in Psalms 34 5 they looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed notice this their faces we're not ashamed. In Ecclesiastes 8.1, who is as the wise man? Who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine. And the boldness of his face shall be changed. Are y'all catching this? Face. 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 The boldness of his face shall be changed. I love what Isaiah says. For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace. For Jerusalem's sake... I will not rest until the righteous thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. What did David say? He said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. Not your feelings is a lamp unto your feet and your feelings is a light unto your path, but the word is a lamp unto your feet and the word is a light unto, come on church, feelings will fail you. Feelings will fail you. Come on, church. I'm just going to be honest with you. There'll be services you don't feel him. But that don't change the fact that you're a word-born bride. There'll be services you don't feel like jumping and shouting. But that doesn't change the fact that you are a word-born bride. The word is a lamp unto my feet. The word is a light unto my path. How many remembers in Matthew the second chapter that there were three magis? And the prophet of God said those three magis were hungry hearted people that were looking for the prophecy of the word to be fulfilled. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying this, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east 
and are come to worship him. Remember, said, watch. He said, a star appeared and they stood speechless. He said, that star defied the laws of the solar system and come from the great constellations of the heavenly bodies to declare something when it was fixing to happen. He said, I hope you got that point there. And today, God has defied everything. Oh, God. God has defied everything to declare himself that he's alive today. He is raised from the dead in his great celestial body. He said the picture here of his being would defy every infidel in the world. Now the prophet of God has just made a connection for the church. He has just connected what you see in a picture above his head in Houston Coliseum all the way back to Matthew the second chapter when there was a star that appeared. Come on now. There was a star that appeared in the heavens, right? And that star found three stars. Three magi's. That one star found three magi's upon the earth. And the prophet of God said they followed that star all the way to the perfect light. Now the prophet of God stands and says, Amen, that light is what has appeared in this picture that they just took the other day. And he said, that light, Amen, God sent that picture to you to defy every infidel in the world and prove to them that Jesus Christ is not dead, but he's alive. Then come on, friends, pray tell me in the picture of the pillar of fire, where is the pillar of fire? Is it under Brother Ram's foot? Is it on his hip? Is it behind his back? The pillar of fire is above his head because it was not just a photograph of a supernatural being. It was headship. It was direction. It was clarity. It was vision coming to the church. Oh, come on, church. Can I tell you what? Amen. Whatever was in that star in Matthew 2, God in that picture in 1950, and I want to propose to you this morning brother Greg that the pillar of fire is not in a filing cabinet in the state of Virginia in the city of Washington D.C. but that same pillar of fire is whirling through this building this morning he is here in power he is here in authority he is here in supreme power what are you saying preacher I wish I could climb up on the top of Holiday Inn and shout to this community our God is not dead he's alive and he's well and he's moving and he's breathing and he's healing and he's touching and he's saving and he's restoring he's bringing prodigals home my God is not dead he's alive He's alive this morning with the same power with the same signs with the same wonders you say where is that star I'll tell you where that star is that star is in flesh this morning Where is that pillar of fire? I'll tell you where the pillar of fire is. It's in flesh this morning. There's a bride here who is glowing. Now what is she glowing? She is glowing with the fire of God. Now let me ask you this. What is light? Do you realize there was not one verse of this Bible written by a scribe under a light like these lights in this building? There was not one verse written by artificial light. Oh, God. Nobody went into their study, flipped on a switch, and wrote Genesis 3.15. Nobody went in there and flipped on a switch. (laughs) Brother Aaron and wrote Zechariah 9. Nobody went in there. Malachi didn't flip on a switch and write Malachi the fourth chapter. Then let me ask you, where was the light? What was the light? Can I tell you what the light was? The light, the original light was fire. 
Come on, you remember when Israel was in the valley? Amen. The Bible said there was no light in all the tents. Amen. Darkness had covered. But the people who had the pillar of fire in their tents had light. Oh God, friends, are you hearing me this morning? We are in the middle of a crooked, morally crooked, spiritual perverse generation, but we are here with more than the light of some man who put two wires together and caused electrical current to come into a bulb and light up a room. We are here this morning under the same original light by the pillar of fire. Glory to God, I feel like shouting. Come on, church. I tell you why we're not cold. Because we're not following the pillar of ice. We are following the pillar of fire. I tell you why we're not starchy. It's because we're not following the pillar of starch. We are following the pillar of fire. Come on, church. There is no room for cold devils. There is no room for formal devils. Come on. I tell you why sin is not taking possession in this church. It's because the fire of God has sent a spark in this church. And the devil knows our God is a consuming fire. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, Lord, send the fire. Oh, God, send the fire. Set our church on fire. Set our young people on fire. Set our preachers. Come on, can I just preach to you from my heart? We've had enough cold intellectual gatherings together that produced a bunch of icicles. I think it's time for the pillar of fire to return to the church and set us on fire. Come on, I'm talking about a fire, Brother Louie, that burns, burns more than Sunday morning. Amen. In Lowe's, that fire's burning. In college, that fire's burning. On your job, that fire is burning. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about the pillar of fire. It's a consuming fire. Now, do you realize, oh God, clock is preaching faster than I am. Do you realize what John the Baptist was? He was a star. The Bible said he was a burning and shining light. But remember, said John was a light. He was more light than Elijah had. He said, now watch this. And John said, now I must dim out. I must go out now. The light is finished, shining. I must go out. He must increase. He's the light. He said, I am the light of the world. John comes on the scene to announce to the church what was in Genesis in the form of a fire is in flesh in a man called Jesus. Now I must decrease that he might increase. Come on church. He said my light's finished. I must go out. He said but Jesus said I'm the light of the world. The same yesterday today, and forever. And he's still the light of the world. <sighs> Brother Dow. He's still the light of the world. John said what you saw in the pillar of fire is now in flesh. I must decrease so that he might increase. In 1933, on the Ohio River, come a light out of heaven. It was not a light bulb. It was a fire. And that pillar of fire came down over the Ohio River. And a voice spoke out of that fire and said, As John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, your message will forerun the second coming of Christ. Abraham said, And around the world, revival fires have been built on every hill. Come on, church. Where was that coming from? That was not coming coming from William Branham he found himself as the forthcoming of Elijah and stood in 1963 and said now I have introduced to you the all in all Jesus Christ he is now here present now I must decrease and he must increase in other words the light must take possession in the body if he had come and said he was the Messiah and didn't do what the Bible said the Messiah would do, then he wasn't the light of the world. See, it's a vindicated word. What are you saying? I'm saying that John was not a glare of the Messiah. John was a glow. John was not a mirage. Oh, God. 
John was not a false conception of the Messiah. John was a perfect reflection of the Messiah. Then I ask you the question, what is light? The prophet said, it's the vindicated spoken word of God. Outside of that, there's no light. See, you can't lighten the earth with flashlights. It takes God's word that's made manifest the sun. See, then notice this, the S-O-N. Notice this, what is light sent for? So you can see how to get around, see where you're at. Then what does light produce? Light produces life. And his word, he said, is light in life. In other words, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, see, when he was here on earth manifested in the flesh, he said, I'm the light of the world because God was manifested through him. So Jesus, the word, was the concept of God expressed in Jesus. When God was truly revealed, he was manifested in flesh. I'm going somewhere. The prophet of God said Jesus was all the inspired prophet's testimonies and all their prophecy was brought to light in his age that had been prophesied for his age. He lit up every candle of the word that was in the Bible that was prophesied of him in other words brother Jack he did not write a virgin shall conceive he brought that to light he did not write he would be a counselor and the prince of peace and the mighty God he walked by that as the fire and oh God and those pro- I feel like preaching and those prophecies were laying there and they were made out of combustible material and the only thing that could put them prophecies in fire amen was Jesus Christ himself so when Jesus came in the earth he found the place that was written he set that prophecy on fire are you with me the prophecy come on now the prophecy was the candle and Jesus was the fire that would set the candle on fire and in this age there's prophecies laying in this Bible like this greater works than this say you do they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover Paul said they shall mortify the deeds of their flesh come on church that's not just Bible writings that's prophetic word that is concerning Messiah I'm saying the word made flesh is the light of the age when you see it. The prophet God said, what did Jehovah do? He broke right into the heart of man. And now God is in us. The word made manifest is the gospel. Now notice this. How many can say, thank God, he sent us the seventh angel. Thank God he sent us a prophet. Let me just, let me just drop this in here. Them tapes are not for just room noise. Come on now. Them tapes are not just to give you some peaceful rest. Them tapes are not just to turn on when you're trying to sleep and demons are to, no, no. Them tapes are body changing tapes. Them tapes have got rapture and faith on them, but it's not come to lay in tape form. It has come to take possession in flesh form. So what did God do? He broke through the scripture and found the place that was written that behold I will send you Elijah the prophet. Listen, unto Sodom he sent a man named Billy Graham. He remembered unto that church elect the same angel messenger the same Lord that was at Abraham and Sarah's door returned to this age and he said the Holy Spirit is moving in the church is what does the works. The Holy Spirit moving in the church is what does the works. What did Jesus say? Let your light so shine that the world might see your works, your good works, but that they would glorify your Father which is in heaven. Are you with me now? The Holy Spirit in the church is what does the works. Listen, I thank God for every Holy Ghost filled preacher that believes in prayer lines and will stand there and pray and pray and pray. But I just want to drop something to you. The manifestation of the miracle is not coming from the preacher. It's coming from the Word. 
Come on, it's not about a man. It's about the word taking possession in human flesh and you yield yourself as instruments unto him. He said, see, that wasn't the body of flesh. It probably vanished. But it was God in that flesh showing this, that God would return again and dwell in the redeemed flesh of the church in the last days and would do the same sign. He said, sirs, we would see Jesus. Oh, sure, then what would you see? The manifestation of the word and if the word is manifested again today then won't it be Jesus today come on now these are not these are not little these are not little Baptist ideas these are powerful points coming from a vindicated prophet if Jesus would take on flesh again he will not do the works of Beelzebub if Jesus takes on flesh again he will not do the works of the Pharisees and Sadducees he will do what Jesus done Come on, then what is this bride's revival? The power of God said the manifestation of God is what attracted the elect's attention. See, it is the word bride for the word groom. Then when the bride is being called out, how are you going to put it out? It's the revelation of the manifestation of the word made true. And we're living in that day. Praise be to God. The revelation of the mystery of himself. Come on church. You're more than just church members. You are the living, manifested, vindicated revelation expressed of almighty God in a spiritually perverted and a morally crooked generation. Jesus has returned to the earth again in a bride body and a prophet said it's the waving of the sheath. He said for the first time, amen, in the coming of Christ, in the bride coming of Christ, there will be a message that will be waved again across the people that the dead tradition to denomination will fall off of them and the full word with the full strength by the full power and the full manifestation will return to flesh again. Come on church, can I just tell you what you are? You are an unstoppable. You are an un- defeatable. You are an invincible army of the living God. Quit sitting there crying. Take your hand of faith and pick up your sword. Come on church. Let's go across the Jordan. Let's step into the promises of the third pool. Let's step where all things are possible. Come on church. We've lived under privilege long enough. We've lived under privilege long enough. It's time to start walking in our privileges. We don't have to live confused. There's a man here who can turn on the light. We don't have to live here helpless. There is a help here. It's called Jehovah Jireh. We don't have to live here bound. There is a word here. And it's the word of liberty. It's the word of freedom. It's the word of power. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Come on church. I didn't come this morning to set you free. I come to tell you you're already free. I did not come, Brother Jim, to tell you you're going to be healed. I come to tell you, according to a prophet, you were healed 2,000 years ago. Well, I feel good. Are you hearing me, church? We're not just a bunch of church members. We're the bride. Radiant bride. Can I, can I have a few minutes? I know, I know there's probably time restrictions, so I'm trying to hurry. What is the word bride? She is the manifestation of this hour. The bride, not a creed. Not a denomination, but a living oracle of God, a living attribute of God displaying to the world that the attributes of God is now in the formation of the bride that's to be expressed in the hour that we're living in. In other words, you are a candle. (laughs) Now, do you realize the prophet God said this? He said you can have a perfect candle. Well, let me just read you the question. 
Dear Brother Branham, do you believe that signs should follow all that have the Holy Spirit? If so, what about the people who believe the message with all that is in them? If they have not these signs, are they unbelievers or do they need the Holy Spirit? If so, please instruct us today how to receive the Holy Ghost. We believe you're God's mouthpiece for our day, your brother. He said, you say you believe every speck of it? Then the word is laid in there waiting for the Holy Spirit to put it to work. But it takes the lighting of a candle. Here's the candle with the wick in it and with all the tallow and everything has to have the candle. But until the fire comes on it. Somebody say that with me. Until the fire comes on it. It will not shine any light. No matter how perfect the candle is, how perfect it'll burn and everything, it's got to be lit and, and then it burns. Oh, this. And when you believe and you're made up of the instructions of what the Holy Spirit is, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, the fruits that it bears out, until the Holy Spirit with a fiery experience comes down and lights that candle, then you haven't received the Holy Ghost. Now, let me ask you this. A candle has got to be lit in order to release a fragrance. A candle has got to be lit in order to give light to the room that it's placed in. So the prophet of God is showing you that you actually are a candle that the Holy Ghost and fire comes upon. And then he goes to the seven golden candlesticks and says, now they had little lamps on top of them that burnt oil. He said, what does oil represent? Oil represents the Holy Spirit. Then these lamps had to be lit by the fire that God had lit. Remember, Aaron's sons went in with strange fire and God slew them at the door. That's right. Remember, said strange fire is some denominational fire. He said, see, but those seven candlesticks represent seven church ages. Those candlesticks, as we'll find a little later, he said, see, from, from Ephesus to Laodicea, he said, one candle was lit by the fire of God. They take that candle and lit the other one. Then set it down and lit the other one. Amen. All the way down to the last candle, he said, in other words, the same fire that burnt the oil there in Ephesus, burn it in Tyra, burn it in Pergamos, will be burning it in Laodicea. He said, the same Holy Spirit, by the same God by the same fire and that's the fire that fell on Pentecost has lit the candle he said the church of God through every age right on down now that's why the devil hates you because what was burning in the upper room is burning in a holiday inn convention center we are not a denominational fire. We are a part of the original fire. And what did Jesus say? Here's where I'm going to close. He said, let your light so shine, amen, before men that they may see your good works and they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. I love what Brother said, Witnesses 53. Let your light shine in the dark places. Where it's really needed, out in the out in the hedges and the highways, in the bar rooms, out down on the street, everywhere you're at, let your light shine as a witness. Now, I don't have time to stop preaching this, but he was not giving you an invitation to go to the bar room. Somebody that don't want to give up drinking would take that quote and say, Well, I gotta to go to the bar room and be a witness. Well, amen. If you're there as a witness, you won't be drinking with them. Praise the Lord. We're going to keep on going. Let your light shine that they may see your good works. See, look at this word works. It means an act or a deed or a thing done. Brother Ben preaches a tape called Let Your Light So Shine. If you enjoy listening to tapes, go listen to Let Your Light So Shine 1961 and follow that tape up with works is faith expressed in 1965. Brother Ben opens Let Your Light Shine and says Paul justifies Abraham by faith what God saw. But Peter turned around and justified Abraham. Abraham by works what man saw he said and neither one contradicted themselves he said because what does good works do amen if you study you'll find good works demonstrate amen the reality of faith 
That's why James said, even so if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show you thee, I will show thee my faith by my works. Remember he said, works is faith expressed. He said, works shows that faith has already took a hold. See, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son up on the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with works and by works was faith made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Remember said Abraham believed God that's what God saw in him. He believed it but then he went to acting as though it was already done and that's what man saw in him and that's the same way it is to us because our works express what faith we have but if we're afraid to act on what we believe then we do not believe it. See you've got to believe it. So works I'm tying this together. Works is faith expressed. In other words, works expresses faith in God's promise. Abraham was not acting upon what he felt. He was not acting upon what he seen. He was acting, Brother Matt, upon what had been revealed to him. People get emotion, but we don't work on emotion, he says. We work on revelation. What did the prophet of God say? He said, faith is a revelation. It is a revelation of the will of God. So we could very easily say, amen, that works is revelation expressed. Come on now, revelation of the word released in the end time has now taken possession in the body and the strength that's in you, the stamina that's in you, the, the, the determination that's in you is not coming from your emotions. It's not coming from your sensation. It is coming from your revelation that God prepares you from before the foundation of the world to receive him in this age. Then that real revelation makes you rugged believers. Are you with me? Revelation makes you fearless. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna end right here. Revelation changes the way you look. Revelation changes what's your expression on your face. Revelation changes the way you speak about things you go through. The prophet of God said, John the Baptist, come down there that day in John 1. And he said the people could see the expression upon him in the way that he was preaching and the way he was acting was expressing. He had a true revelation from God. John's actions was speaking louder than his words. Oh, God. Come on. And that word expression means the process of making known one's thoughts or feelings. It is a look on someone's face that conveys a particular emotion. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying this morning it's time to change the frown into a smile. No, y'all didn't hear that. I'm saying this morning, it's time to change the frown into a smile. Well, Brother Andrew, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what revelation's laying in you. Come on, church. It ain't spiritual to frown. It ain't spiritual to be sad. It ain't spiritual to be depressed. But it is spiritual to be happy and to have joy in the midst of troubles. The Bible said thy face shall shine as the sun. I love what the prophet of God said here. He said revelation when you receive the inspiration that Jesus Christ died for your sickness. It's that very hour that your healing has come. When you receive from heaven. Come on church. There's a radiant power that is flowing out of heaven into this church. And when you receive from heaven that Jesus died for your sins and you have accepted it. You don't need any prayer then. You're already healed. See? Now we preach the word. We 
We explain the word, but you have to receive the word. He said, when you receive it, the revelation, something slips out of the unseen world yonder and comes rolling down through a mystical channel somewhere into your soul. From the heavens through a mystical channel rolls into your soul. He says this, a revelation that says, now I see it. And when that revelation drops in your soul, he said your eyes brighten up, your lips that hung down, straighten up and smile. Every muscle in your body seems to rejoice. Come on, church. You may be in a hard way this morning, but it's time to start testifying with more than your voice. It's time to start testifying with more than your feet. It's time to let your face become a walking billboard that there is a revelation that God is in the midst of His church and nothing the devil throws at us will stop us. Come on, church. We're not here trying to secure salvation by works, but we do believe in good works. And what did Shamgar do? Shamgar reached over and he picked up an ox goad. Shamgar didn't speak one word to them Philistines. But his actions expressed what was in his soul as a revelation that he was a seed of Abraham. And God told his father Abraham that thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. And his family was at stake. His babies were dying. His wife, his face had fell in. So he picked up an ox goad. And he said, you unbelieving Philistines, this day I'll take your head off. Come on, church, what did Moses do? Moses stood there with his shoulders squared back and looked right in the face of Pharaoh with a countenance upon Moses' face and said, let my people go. You know why? Because the revelation that had come into Moses' flesh had made him fearless before Pharaoh, made him fearless before the Egyptians. Come on, friends. David walked out before Goliath. Seth, and he looked at Goliath and he said, you defied the armies of the living God and this day I'll take your head off. His face, his words, his strength was expressing the revelation that had taken possession in his flesh. And he said, this day, I'll take your head off. Come on, church. You say, well, that's Bible days. That's Bible days. Well, can I tell you what I believe? I believe Bible days have returned again. I believe I'm preaching to people that's just as much as part of the Bible as Moses, David, Shamgar, Samson, Rahab... Come on, bride. You've not been put here to back up to the devil. Pick up your ox code. Pick up your slingshot. Pick up your stick. Let's defy this devil and let's take our land. The word has become flesh and the flesh has become word. What are you saying? I'm saying works is revelation that God is going to heal me expressed. How can I preach about this and not talk about our sister Mariah Davis now sitting back there? Amen. Devil struck that girl's body and took her hair off of her head. But that's not just a church member. That wasn't a girl just raising the message. That was a daughter of Abraham. Would you stand up, sis? That was a daughter of Abraham that knew who she was and she knew what she possessed. God bless you. And she took her faith and she picked up some bobby pins and she walked through a prayer line and said, Uncle Timothy, I'll wear these again without one hair on her head. But the revelation had taken possession of redeemed flesh. 
Come on, church. Come on, church. If God can put hair back on Sister Mariah's head, then that same God can drop the rapture revelation in your soul. And some morning, between six and nine, them gray hairs are going to turn back back again. The dead are going to raise. The incorruptible is going to raise. This mortal is going to put a, I'm not a crazy man. I'm a radiant part of the word born bride. I got a right to believe. I got a right to shout. I got a right to speak the word. You got a right to back the word. You got a right to receive the word. You got every right to manifest it. Won't you stand to your feet this morning? Let your revelation that's dropped in your soul take possession of your flesh and call things that are not. Help me, Jesus. Glory to God. I'm not a crazy man. I'm not a crazy man. There's a pulsation in here this morning. You say, preacher, I don't see why you're so excited. You've had your head in True Story magazines too long. I'll tell you why these things don't excite you. You had your head in video games and technology and every ungodly thing to where the power of God's revelation has no effect upon you. But I heard a prophet say in Jehovah Jireh, the second part, he said, when Abraham received the revelation of Elohim, he said, Abraham was affected by the revelation of Elohim. I stood up in my study when I heard that brother Aaron. I said, oh God, affect me the same way you did Abraham. You say what? This Carol, what affected Abraham? It changed his body. It changed Sarah's body. Listen, friends, I'm trying to tell you, Elohim has returned. Elohim is in the church again with the same revelation. I wish I was out in the field right now in the county. I'd cut up. Are you hearing me? Elohim has returned to this generation. Elohim, Brother Marcus, Elohim has returned to this age. I'm not a crazy man. Right there is a, right there is a product of a vision. Right there is a materialization of a vision. What was it, 20 years? Amen, but the vision come to pass. Are you hearing me? I'm not a crazy man this morning. I'm a part of the vision. The revelation has affected me. It's affected me. It's affected me. I don't see myself like I used to. Are you hearing me? You say, preacher, why are you so excited? I was a nobody. I was on my way to hell. I was a nobody, 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 nobody. But God, who is rich in mercy, sent Elohim into my generation through the voice of the seventh angel. And he found me. I was a little nobody on the backside of the hills of East Tennessee. And God revealed the greatest message to me and showed me that there's an effect in this age by the preaching of the seventh angel. Come on, church. If that message can affect me, what can it do for you? What can it do for you, elders? What can it do for you young people? Give yourself to the message of the hour and let it affect the way you see things. Let it affect the way you talk. It's more than books and tapes. It's more than pictures. It's a vision. It's a vision. It's a reality that God could take a nobody and say you're Miss Jesus Christ. I sit last night about one o'clock, listen to the prophet of God preach that masterpiece. And he said, this is the first time I'm going to tell you this. 
He said, but the other day I fell into a trance. He said, I fell into a trance. And he said, I was sitting there. And he said, all of a sudden I saw something come up before me and I heard a voice say, I'm going to show you the preview of the bride. I'm going to show you the preview of the bride. He said, there she went marching. He said, long flowing hair. Beautiful looking ladies. Beautiful looking Christians. Singing the song onward, Christian soldiers. He said, just marching. He said, everything, I'm paraphrasing, but everything that was in the word, I was seeing in them. He said, but then I heard another voice. And he said, that voice said, when that group went out of you, now I'm going to show you the review of the church. He said, here come the most ungodly, filthy looking bunch I ever seen. He said, oh God, in all the years of preaching, is that the best we can produce for you? He said, and just when I thought, he said, just Brother Burt, when I thought that was what all the years of labor had produced, he said, I heard another voice say, but the bride will come in preview again. He said, the bride will come in preview again. He said, when I heard that voice, oh God, he said, I turned and he said, what I saw in the beginning returned in the end. Glory to God. What I saw in the beginning returned in the end. He said, what was in the alpha, he said, was killed out. Amen. Through that denominational process. He said, but life has returned to the grain. He said, then what was in the alpha is in the omega. He said, you're the same as you was in the beginning. I said, oh God, I put my name there. Come on, church. That bride didn't go to defeat. He said, the last time I seen her, she was just going upward. What are you saying, preacher? Brother J.D., I'm saying one of these days the final step for this bride is going to be out of time into eternity back where we come from let this message let this message let this message affect you let it permeate out of your life let it radiate out of let it radiate out of you this morning straighten up them lips and hang down anybody got anything to smile about the bride of Jesus Christ does. Anybody got a right to smile? The bride of Jesus Christ does. We're living in the hour. Brother Donnie, this is the hour I believe we're living in. I believe we're living in the hour when the full revelation has taken possession in a body. And according to what a prophet of God said in the fifth seal, he said the time will come that missing limbs will be restored. Now you may think I'm crazy, Ben. But the way I think, I think you could be on your way to church, shake somebody's hand in the parking lot, and them not even have a hand. You shake a nub, and after service, shake a hand. I've been led to believe that by the seventh angel. Amen. But listen, I believe this morning that there may not be missing hands and arms here this morning. But I know there's some missing hands of faith here. So the same God that can put a physical hand on your body is the same God that can create a spiritual hand of faith. And you can pick up that sword and move forward as the radiant bride of Jesus Christ. What are you saying? I'm saying you're here as more than church members. You're here as Messiahs. What the Messiahs do is what the Messiah already done. Listen, friends, I, I pray you understand my heart this morning. But I don't look at you as just Harry Reagan, as an organ player, as a faithful brother. I look at you as a powerful force, a subduing force. 
Listen, I don't look at you all as just church members and friends and people I've known since I was knee high to a grasshopper. And it really was true one time. I look at you as people that the devil fears and the devil hates. Because when you walk in a room, what's radiating out of you subdues the entire atmosphere. You change atmospheres when you walk in rooms. Brother Donnie, you walk in hospitals. And to the world, you're just a crazy preacher, just a pastor. But they don't realize you're a Messiah walking the halls of them hospitals and subduing spirits. That's why you walk in hospitals and demons go crazy. Because there's something flowing out of that life. Listen, that man's preached it for 30 years. And what he's preached, I see glowing on this congregation this morning. You stay with this word. It's a vision of you. Let's bow our hearts together this morning. Church of the living God. We're not just existing. We're not just surviving. We're not just getting by. We're radiating. Oh God. We're permeating. Permeating. We're, we're reflecting. There's something emanating from your lives today friends. It's more than a church. It's more than a creed. It's more than a dogma. It's more than a tradition. It's a life. It's a life. This morning, friends, you've been called to be more than just quoters. You've been called to be more than just singers or preachers or musicians or deacons or whatever office you hold. You've been called to be more than just young people sitting on a message pew. You're the radiant bride of Jesus Christ. Your duty is to express God. Regardless of the outcome of the place you express Him. That's not your duty. Your duty is to express Him. How many could say this morning, Lord, Lord, I want you to take me to your molding wheel this morning. And Lord, I want you to do as Exodus said. I want you to take that beater and I want you to beat me. Until there's pure gold, not shining like pyrite, fool's gold, but glowing like that real genuine deity of God. I believe there's people here this morning that is saying, Lord, I want to reflect you in whatever situation I'm in. I want to reflect you in whatever, whatever trial I'm facing, oh God, I, I want to reflect you. I want to reflect you. I want to reflect you in my conduct. I want to reflect you in the way I handle situations and the way I conduct myself. Lord, I, I want to reflect you in the way I deal with hardships that come my way and disappointments. I, I want to reflect you. I want to reflect you in the decisions I make in my home and in my family. I want to reflect you. I want to reflect you. I want to reflect you this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm very well aware that your presence is settled in this building this morning. And Lord, I step back and I say, have your way among us today. Lord, there's lives here today, oh God, that are, Lord, there's some that are radiating, Lord. Lord, there's a fire glowing out of them. There's a, there's a strength all over them, oh God. Lord, there's an expression of the revelation of the God, of the true God expressed in their lives. But oh God, there's some here today, Lord, that no doubt are facing things. They're facing situations. They're, they're under such hurts and disappointments. But Lord, I come by this morning to just speak your word and 
Lord, to remind them that underneath the wounds and the hurts, there's a fire. And Lord, if they'll just yield them hurts and them wounds to that fire, Lord, out of this pulpit, out of this ministry, out of this church, oh God, will come a glow like never before. Lord, I know it may be a hard time, a difficult time right now for them in a transition season. But Lord, as I just stepped in the building this morning, in this room, Lord, Lord, I didn't step into the Happy Valley building. I stepped into the real Happy Valley church. The people. Lord, there's a glow, Father. There's a fire. There's a pulsation of faith in this building today. Lord, it's coming from the revelation of the return of Elohim. He's affected us. You've given us a long-term vision. You've given us a future, Lord. Now, Father, this morning, I, I commit this people to thy faithful hands. I commit myself into your hands, Lord. Father, if there be anything in me today, dear God, that be unlike you and unpleasing, oh God, I invite you, Lord Jesus, I invite you this morning, oh God, to come and take possession, Lord. I invite you to come in this church, and Lord, if there's things that have crept into young people's lives and homes and hearts, oh God, that's unlike you. Lord, I invite you to come in this morning and take them things away, Lord. Lord, we don't want to leave here like we come. We don't want to leave here, Lord, with just our religious duty. We can put a check mark by it. Oh, no, Lord. We want to leave here quickened, but we want to leave here transformed. We want to leave here changed, Lord. Lord, maybe the young people walking back into school tomorrow, and Lord, they're going through peer pressures and going through hard times. Lord, they say there's nothing I can do about it. I come by this morning to tell them there is something they can do. With the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire in their soul, they can walk in that school Lord, they don't have to take a microphone and take a text, but they could walk in there and even under their breath say, I take every spirit in this building under my control for the glory of God. Lord, they're walking perfect reflections of you in dominion and full authority. Lord, I know there's some people, no doubt, go back to their jobs tomorrow and situations, misfortunes, unfairness, things going on. Maybe some even don't even, don't even want to go back. They hate their job. But they feel trapped there. Lord, this message has come to do more than make a shout on Sunday morning. We can take this word into our workplaces and say, I subdue every spirit. And I take it under my control in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. We worship you today, God. We worship you today. You're the mighty God. You're Elohim materializing in redeemed flesh again on earth. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Lord, as I've stood in prayer lines just recently and heard over and over and over young people saying they're carrying guilt and carrying condemnation of things in their life. Lord, we're not here to reflect guilt. We're not here to reflect condemnation. Lord, if there be one spirit of guilt or condemnation that would be hanging over your children, I rebuke that devil in the name of Jesus Christ. Satan, take your hands off of God's people. Loose them and let them go in the name of Jesus. They were not your billboard, Satan. We are not your advertising agent. We are not put here to reflect depression. We are not put here to reflect anxiety and nervousness. And we are not put here to reflect suicidal thoughts. And we're not put here to reflect little immature feelings that we never grow up and get over. We are here to reflect Jesus Christ in his fullness, in his resurrection, in his majesty. And in the name of Jesus Christ, it has been spoken, it has been written, Lord. Now let it come to pass in flesh, I pray. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
and amen. Can you just raise your hands to him this morning? As our brother would just lead us in something. Let's just worship him for just a moment. Let's just worship him for just a moment. If you need prayer today, the altar's open. Elohim is in the building. Elohim is here today. Let this revelation affect you. Let it affect you today. Let it affect you. Lord God Almighty, you are clothed in majesty. Heavens declare your wonder, for you are great and do marvelous things, and you alone are God. There is no one else like you. Let the nations declare that you have done great things. And mighty you are, holy you are, mercy endures forever. Righteous you are, great you are, I will exalt you, O Lord, my God, my King, for mighty you are, holy you are, your mercy you are great you are I will exalt you oh Lord my God my King Lord God Almighty you are clothed in majesty Heavens declare your wonder, for you are great and do marvelous things, for you alone are God. There is no one else like you. declare that you have done great things you have done great things mighty you are holy you are your mercy endures forevermore righteous you
mercy endure forevermore. I will exalt you, O Lord, my God, my King. Lord God, you are clothed with majesty. The heavens declare your wonders. Sin 
Let's just sing this little chorus this morning as we go. There's nothing too big for my God. Amen. How many be how many has been enjoying the testimonies that's been turned in? Amen. Amen. I tell you what, if you have a request, a need, guess what? Wednesday night could be your night to Amen. turn in that testimony. Amen. Let's just go believing. Amen. The word this morning. Oh, there's nothing too big for my God. Oh no, no, there's nothing. Eternally dear 
Nothing's too big for God to win. 